0: Welcome to the O.A. Light a Candle meeting podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 300 speaker files, links for you to subscribe to the podcast, and a place where you can donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Nick. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm a compulsive overreader. Um, I'm really grateful to be here and, and welcome to the, the newcomers. Um, I actually, I'm kind of surprised that I'm standing here because I was here about a year ago at my first meeting at this group here, and it's really it's really a privilege and an honor. So, Monica and Martha, thank you so much for asking me to to do this tonight. Uh, Um, I have never given my story before. I don't even really know what it is, so we're going to find out um, (laughs) tonight. Um, I was thinking about it on the way over. I'm like, well, I kind of know, but I have no idea, so we're just going to let it flow. Uh, Anyway, I was born in Flint, Michigan. That's where I'm from, and uh, my family moved to Chicago when I was pretty young, about two or three or something, so most of my life I was... uh, I grew up in Chicago. Um, A lot of my... uh, My disease has to do with me not feeling okay with me. And the first thing I can remember that I didn't feel okay with is when I was, I don't know, maybe kindergarten or first grade when I was one of the shortest people in my class. I think there was one kid that was named Rusty. I still remember his name. It was uh, was a little little Irish kid. He was shorter than me. Thank God for Rusty because I was not the shortest. But uh, I remember that was the first thing that made me think, uh, you know, something's not right here, you know, I wish I were at least average, you know, average height would be better, Um, but this is about, uh, you know, this is about overeating for me and uh, my experience with that really didn't happen until I got to about 10 and 11, and I thought about this a lot to think, was there any traumatic event or something, or maybe it was just puberty or whatever, when it triggered the way I ate changing so dramatically, because I have pictures of myself when I was 8 or 9 years old, and I was skinny as a rail. I mean, you know, like, gaunt skinny. And then I have pictures of myself when I was 11 or 12 in junior high school, and I was not like that anymore. And it was clear that I was eating a whole lot more. Um, so even looking at those old pictures, it's clear that food became an escape for me really early. Um, I remember I had some rituals involved with food that went through years, but I think my first one probably was... Uh, when I got into high school, I had, I had issues with, uh, I, I don't know, maybe they're typical teenage issues, but I think I probably took them to another level um, where I just wanted to isolate from my family. I didn't want much to do with my family. I didn't hate them. I just didn't want much to do with them. So at dinnertime, when you know, mom would call us down for dinner, I would go you know, grab my plate and go up to my room and close the door. And that was, so that was my first eating ritual was eating in solitude away from other people. It was a ritual. Um, I didn't even realize what I was doing at the time, and so now that I look back at it, I realized that set, that set up um, myself eating alone. Oh, by the way, I'm also a bulimic. I didn't announce that when I first introduced myself, but uh, it's a big part of my story. Um, so, you know, I gradually put on weight uh, throughout high school, and I so there was three things that I was dealing with, at least in my mind., um, I was shorter, but I, I got okay with that. That wasn't that big of a deal. I was also gay, which I was, still not too bad with, but that was still, I was wondering what am I going to do with this when I get older, because this is you know, 20 years ago. Um, And then the last thing was, and I'm I'm fat, that was the worst. I mean, I can handle the other two, but that that one was, that was, and you guys get it. You guys totally get it. That was the one that, I'm a miserable failure, you know. Um, Why are all the other kids so skinny, you know? Why is it that they just naturally seem to be, you know, like, clean and muscular and, What's up with me? Um, and I was real angry about that. And there's a lot of that in my story. A lot of anger about that. You know, I don't know if I was anger, metabolism or genetics or what it was, but there was a lot of anger around that issue. Um, I did real well in school, though. Um, I, I know it's probably going to come out sooner or later uh, during this talk, so. I, I will say it just because it does have something to do with my story. Um, I am also an alcoholic, um, and that that was something that uh, was another thing that I sort of I went for my food, I went for my alcohol, and that's kind of how I medicated uh, myself so that I could at least be a little bit okay with with, with who I was. Um, I went to college and uh, I went to a good school, and it was funny because the first year I was there, I hardly drank at all. But that's when my eating disorder truly uh, truly kicked in. Um, I was at school and I was probably about one ninety and I only I'm only about five five, five six, so I'm not I'm not a real tall guy. Um, but those of you on the podcast I'm about six four. <laughs> But I'm, I'm not a real big guy, and I can't carry 190, 195 too well on this frame. It just doesn't work. Um, but I went away to school, and, you know, it was almost even worse in college because, like, all the fraternities, and I went to uh, down to Austin, Texas, a very, very big school, and uh, it, just, it just seemed like I just didn't fit in, and most of it had to do because of weight, um, You know, I didn't feel that I was worthy of dating anybody because God, who would who would want this? You know, Um, so uh, and like I said, there was a lot of anger, a lot of self judgment, a a lot of self hatred uh, around that. And I I don't know how if I thought of it or if I just thought, let me try this or whatever. But at that point, I started throwing up. I finally, I and to me, the best way for me to describe that. Was me giving the middle finger to God. I was so mad at God. It's like you made me this way, and I still get a little (laughs) worked up when I think about it because that's really how I felt. I was so angry. It's like you made me this way. It isn't my fault, you know. Look at all these other kids. They're they're not like me, you know. There's a few, but (laughs) most of them aren't. And I was extremely angry about that. And so for me, you know, the whole binging and purging thing was a very violent act. It was an act of vengeance. It was an act of uh, so there you know if you're going to do that to me here I'll fix the situation and here's how I'll do it Um, looking back at it it's amazing to me uh, because I actually got sober off of alcohol when I was uh, 21 years old and that was a long time ago and I went 20 years over 20 years still you know um, continuing with the bulimia for over 20 years sober not really thinking that that was too big of a problem because I was managing my weight you know I, i um, I remember uh, well, I'll get to that later, but um, so that's when it started. It started in college, and I came back from college. I was uh, like I said I was about one ninety and I came back and I think I was about one forty five which works a lot better on somebody that's five five or five six. And the first person I saw when I got back into town was a friend that I knew from school, and uh, um, she saw me and she walked up to me and she goes, my, she my, my God. And she didn't say you lost a lot of weight, because a lot of people had said stuff like that. But she said, your eyes are so beautiful. And I went, okay, that's it. I'm never fat again. Can't do it. Absolutely never going back there again. I don't care what it takes. I don't care if this kills me. I am never going back there again. And uh, there was, like I said, there was a whole lot of emotion behind that. You know, I was determined that that, that I couldn't do that again. Um, And so... You know, I, uh, that became a ritual for me um, for like you know close to twenty years. Um, it's ama- once again, it's amazing that uh, that I was working steps in another program, going through all that. Never mentioned any of that to my sponsor in the other program. You know, to me that was you know that that didn't have anything to do with sobriety. That didn't have anything to do with spirituality. Um, but clearly, it was kind of a big deal. Um, but I just wanted to ignore it. The other thing that was kind of shame, there was a lot of shame around that, too. Um, the other thing that was really shameful for me is I had heard, you know, and you hear sometimes even, jo- I don't like when they joke about it, when oh you hear it in movies or they joke about it, and I heard there's a lot of women that do that for cheerleading and all this stuff. And I thought, but I'm a guy. You know, how embarrassing is that? I can't even talk about this. You know, even when I first started coming here, it was incredibly difficult for me to admit that. Very difficult. You know, um you know, thanks to some other folks uh, like Michael and some other folks that I know, they kind of paved the road ahead of me, and I felt, okay, I can talk about this now. I'm not alone. Uh, But I really did feel alone. I felt like, well, guys don't do this, you know. Um, So, uh, anyway, I continued doing that for, uh, like I said, close to about 20 years. Um, There were times, uh, I had some rituals, like I said before, uh, around my food, but when it came to the Uh, avenging and purging my ritual was you know I'd drive home from work and I'd say okay let me stop and get some fast food somewhere something I really want to eat something really good which is generally speaking for me means something that's terrible for me Um, so a burger no I should get a burger and then maybe another small burger to go with that and then I don't want to talk about food very much I don't think we're supposed to do that but anyway um, and then I throw a dessert on top of it you know gotta have something to, to wash it down so I'd have a dessert and uh, it would be an entire ritual where I'd bring all of this food home just excited, you know, to do my little ritual so that I could feel better about me. Um, It's what I did. And here's what... Here's the part that was... uh, that finally led me to believe this is really a problem. Is if I got home and I wasn't expecting my roommate to be home, and he was home, guess who got the passive-aggressive anger from me? You know, how dare you? You don't know what you did! but you just got in the way of my ritual because I can't do it now. Now i got to hide it from you. You know, I was looking forward to some time for me so that I could go through this really unhealthy ritual. Um, and, uh, my, my, he's, I still have the same roommate. Now he gets it. He understands why I did what I did. But, uh, to me, you know, I, I, would, I would be, uh, God, I mean, uh, that I really did ritualize the thing. You know, where I had all the food laid out, I, I had to have some dessert and, uh, For me, this is just, I don't know if this is true with a lot of blemings, but for me, it was actually much easier for me to go through with that process if I ate a lot. If I ate just a little bit, well, that's harder to kind of (laughs) purge. So even if I was only a little bit hungry, I'd make sure to eat more than that um, because it was easier for me to take care of business then. Um, My sister-in-law pointed out to me, I don't, she figured it out. My brother's wife figured it out at some point, and she confronted me about it. And like when I am in my addiction um, to to food, the way I respond is very defensively. And how dare you ask me about that? And uh, you know, either denial or anger. um, It's funny, kind of like stages of grief, but um, that's how I would respond whenever she would she confronted me a couple of times about it. But she at least got me thinking about it. and then, thank God, I found, uh, you know, a wonderful man in my other program. And I'm convinced today that, you know, God put this guy in my life uh, because my sponsor um, is funny. In my other program, I won't talk about that, but I was thinking about I had moved out here to L.A. And I was thinking, who should I get to sponsor me? And uh, so I kept asking this one guy named Michael, and I'm like, oh, "Who do you think would be a good sponsor?" And, and uh, he said, "Oh, this guy'd be great, or oh, they, he'd be great." And I had a couple suggestions of my own. And he said, "Oh, yeah, that'd be fantastic." And I'd always be asking this guy, Michael, you know, who do you think? And then I thought to myself, "Why am I not asking the guy whose advice I trust to point me in the right direction?" So anyway, Michael became my sponsor in the other program, and this is where God comes in—is he's also a member of this program. So I was finally able to talk to him about what I was doing to myself. I was finally able to uh fess up to what was, uh, you know, the stuff that I was doing in my life. Um, I'm still really new at this. You know, I'm only a little bit, like a year and a few days into this. So I guess I'm not particularly a typical speaker here. Um I'm a replacement speaker, for the record. But
1: anyway, it's okay.
0: But, uh, but you know it's good it's good um <laughs> i was thinking you know when people ask questions i'm going to be there're going to be a lot of you know i don't know there's going to be a lot of that i i have a feeling but uh, um today you know what I, what i uh i'll tell you that i oh my definition of investments. you know what is that what is that um obviously i can't be engaging in any um purging or i mean the I don't need a lot. Anyway, I don't I don't binge either. But uh, I can't be doing any of that behavior at all. So that 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 is a break in my abstinence if I were to engage in that behavior. So that hasn't happened since September 22nd of last year. Uh, I gotta check in my food with my sponsor every day. I gotta send him what I have, text him what I have, and if I change it, I gotta I gotta let him know. I just started a different program, a commercial program, where I check in with that too. Um, it's funny, you know, the anger issues are still there. I, I had this interesting experience. Uh, um, but I went to weigh in in my other program, and I've only been in it a few weeks, but I want results. I want results now because I'm doing what you told me to do. You know, um, it's funny, Tom told, I was talking to Tom before the meeting, and uh, he said, ah, you're so calm, I don't see you with an anger problem. And I almost laughed, and I was like, dude, you haven't seen me. <laughs> when it comes to my weight, I get really, really... So I show up at this meeting, and I weigh in, and I'm a pound heavier. And I'm steaming through the whole meeting. I'm just cooking there, and she can tell. And she's devoting like half the meeting to talking about how yes, you go up and down. And oh, I'm just cooking because I don't want to be consoled. I'm. It was. I look back at it and I can laugh now. And I got, you know, learn to reach out a little bit better and trust God a little better. But uh, it's where I'm at. You know, I'm not going to pretend like I've been doing this for years because I have. You know, I am totally learning this process of how this works here. Um, I. Uh, but. So I'll be coming to this meeting, uh, and I, I. One thing that's really also helped me uh, in sobriety is I, I have a meeting at my house every Monday um, with myself and a couple other of my friends in this program, and we're working through the steps together. You now we get, we use uh, I can't remember the name of the booklet, but uh, it's kind of a workbook where you work through all the steps uh, as a group together. And so we've been doing that for the past uh, seven or eight months, and that's been really helpful to me. That's uh, I've really gotten to know two really really good friends in the program. And uh, I just talked to one of them before the meeting here, and uh, it, it's really good. Um, let me see if there's a... Yeah, oh, wow, I'm so early. Uh, see, that's what you get when you have, like, a year of experience. <laughs> but, um, well, you know, uh, the, the... Oh, I didn't talk about the rest of my uh, definition of medicine, so I'm checking in my food. Um, I, gotta, I gotta call, my, call my sponsor every day, and I do do that every day. Um... I got the no. I don't have specific foods at this point. Um, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't particularly a sugar person. I was more of a carb guy. Um, sugar never really. I wasn't really into that all that much, um, but carbs were. And so what I have found, and I think I'm going to work. I'm going to talk to my sponsor and work this into it. Is you know by by maintaining my. Uh, I don't want to talk about the commercial side of it, but the other the other program that I'm in to 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 help me eat healthy by making sure that I follow the rules of that program. Let's put it that way. Um, that's going to be part of my abstinence as well. So uh, I figure I can do that and kind of kill uh, uh, all birds with one stone. Um, there are some foods that I don't I just don't eat because I know that there there are foods that I like to eat of uh, eat a lot of. Um, I, somebody told me a long time ago we don't really mention specific foods here so I won't do that um, but there are foods that I, I just stay away from because I know they triggers for me I know that if I have one I'll keep it a little generic pizza if I have one I'll just keep wanting to go and go and go and that's just kind of what I do and uh, you know instead of worrying so much about oh my god I can't eat this and I can't eat that for me i found that following the other uh, the structured program called, um and keeping myself within their rules, it kind of works itself out. I don't have to, you know, if I'm going to have, you know, if I'm going to have something that's uh, that's not particularly good for me or particularly caloric or, you know, carb loaded or anything like that, then, you know, I'm going to have to sacrifice somewhere else. And, I'm, you know, so I'm, I'm learning that I, I can do that. Um, and I, I think I prefer balancing it out throughout the day is what I'm learning. It makes me feel more full. Um, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't have a real. I hope I, I don't really have a long story because I have a l- very little experience uh, it, still in this program. You know, I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm still learning from you guys, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm probably just going to finish early because I really. That's pretty much all there is to my story. So thanks. <laughs> and questions. Being, he, I've been asked about, to talk about my spiritual practice a little bit, and being involved in Alcoholics Anonymous, the other program, introduced me to a spiritual practice, which is, you know, getting on my knees and asking God for help in the morning. Um, it has been suggested, and I still do that every morning, it has been suggested by my sponsor that before each meal to pray that it's enough, and uh, I'm not perfect about it. You know, I, there are times when I remember that, and there are times when I don't remember that. Uh... It helps me when I can try and be aware, that's the best word I can think of it, aware of when God is in my life. And God's always in my life. But when I can see what's happening, when I can see the fact that Michael's involved in my life and and the connection there. And, uh, you know, folks... that, that, that really helps me a lot. But yeah, I, I mean, I pray every morning and I thank God every night. Um, it's a pretty simple, pretty simple practice for me. The part where I feel like I need more work on is a meditation part. You know, even after many, you know, decades in the other program, meditation is still something where I say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow at 5 o'clock. That's my plan. I haven't gotten around to it yet. Oh, that's a great question. She asked, uh, How did I learn to make peace with God and bring God back into my life? And that is a really good question because I couldn't blame anybody for what I was going through and so my default was God. Um, making peace with God um, probably happened more with the other program than with this one. Um, but I'll kind of wrap them up together in, in, in that realizing that God actually gave me an out to my other addiction. you know, And today I don't... You know, although I still have the addiction, you know, I'm not suffering from it anymore. You know, God gave me a solution for these people in my life. And that led me here as well. You know, God wants nothing but good stuff for me. And my conception of God before... uh, I think my understanding of what we are responsible for and what... God is responsible for was really twisted. And that was a real easy cop-out for me to just get angry at God you know, um, simply because I wasn't willing to get help. You know. so. How has my recovery in OA affected my relationships? Well, it's definitely affected my... Uh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll approach this from two sides. From my romantic relationship, but it hasn't because I'm not dating anybody. So there you go. Um, but with my roommate, for example, um, uh, my roommate gets what I was going through before, and today, or I mean, I shouldn't say today. I said these days when I come home, he knows I'm not going to explode out. you know, he's not going to be like, oh, don't worry, I'll go in the other room, you know, knowing that I want, thinking. I mean, seriously, he would get that defensive because he was, he knew how I would react if he was in my space. It's our space now, so, uh, so that has really, really helped a lot. Um, I've also, you know, been honest with my parents about what's going on too. Uh, and I'm, it, it makes me even sad. T- they understand. Um, and uh, it, if I thought I was hiding my behavior from people, I wasn't. You know, it, it was more obvious than I thought it was. So, okay. okay, that's a good question, too. And I've been asked what step I'm on. and uh, Or if I'm done with them, what was the most challenging about the steps uh, that I worked through? And I thought that they transferred so that in AA, they transfer over, and now I can just start spreading the love over here. And it turns out it doesn't work that way. So, um, as I mentioned, I do have a step study group with these with these guys on Monday night um, who are just wonderful people. Um, and uh, I'm the old-timer in the group. <laughs> we all have, like, a little bit under a year. Uh, and... Uh, the the step that we're working in that group right now is step six. Uh, I was instructed by my sponsor that since I've already done a step four and a step five multiple times in the other program that I don't, you know, that's not something that I need to do in this program. That was just the instruction that was given to me. Um, You know, step one, I've completed thoroughly. You know, this food's got me. It's, uh, I, I believe that God can help me. You guys are here. You know, Michael led me here. And, uh, you know, a day at a time. I haven't had to do this, so I believe those are covered as well. So I'd say step six is probably where I'm on right now, actively working with my group and actually in real life. That's really where I'm at. Okay. Um, I've been asked Saturday, September second, and I'm really impressed that you realized what day of week it was. But <laughs> Saturday, September twenty-second, uh, two thousand twelve. Was that my moment of clarity, or what was the second part? Or, were you just done? or was I just done? Well, I had been talking to my sponsor in the other program about it, and he's in this program as well. He has many years in this program, and I've been kind of tiptoeing around it. You know, you know I can handle it, and he'd be like, yeah, just call you know, call in your food to me. Before I even joined this group, he'd have me call my food in. So I was doing some of the actions of this group before I ever joined OA. I think September 22nd, I think the week or two before that, I had one of those... Uh, Situations where I had a whole bunch of Indian food or something. I had a huge spread. And that'll get to the Indian. I don't. I, don't, I haven't touched Indian food since. Then, it's, it's so good. But um, I had all this Indian food, and it, for for the bulimics that are out there, perhaps you'll understand this. I had an experience where I thought I'd actually hurt myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really thought that I had injured something internally. Um, it, it's a violent thing and uh, I thought I had hurt myself I thought I had eaten too much and it was too whatever I thought I had hurt myself Um, and I you know I asked God for some help and uh, that's the last time that ever happened Um, I also you know for me I can't say but that was like within the last two weeks I shouldn't say that was the last time because that's not true Um, that wasn't the last time but that was one of the ones where I think about this has got to end this has got to stop you know I I don't want to go that way I mean, I don't want that on my gravestone. You know, that's, uh, I, I, I love my life today. I'd like to be around for a while. So to answer your question, what was the moment of clarity? I would say that it was when I finally said, you know what, I'm going to try this. I am willing to not do this for today and work with a sponsor. And I'm going to declare this day is my day of abstinence. And we're just going to see how it goes. I mean, it wasn't a lightning bolt. It was just, let me see. And part of me was thinking, well, I'll probably do it again in a week or so, but, you know, at least today I won't. And it was that whole just for today thing, and it really did work for me. Um, But I'll tell you, the first time I came to this meeting, I felt like this is stupid, this is silly, this is ridiculous. I am not raising my hand. You know, I don't want to take a chip. (laughs) It was like two weeks after my 30 days before I finally took a chip because I didn't want to take one. I thought... I, I can get this in the other program, and I could not get this in the other program. So, yeah, uh, I've been asked, uh, how do I balance two programs, and has that been challenging? And the answer is, yeah. I mean, that's, I think it's really challenging because I've got to think about mostly in the steps. You know, I have the same sponsor, so I can't get away from that. You know, it would be nice if I could like, make them fight each other and say, well, this one says do this. And, you know. But I have the same guy, so I don't get to do that. Um, but what I will tell you is the challenge for me is in the steps. Because when I think, okay, have I worked, you know, say the third step, as it applies to Overwaters Anonymous, I really do have to think of it in that context. Um, and when it comes to the sixth step, you know, I haven't completely let go of some of these defects. You know, um, I, I, well, a lot of these defects. I just have not, Um yeah, I, I have not garnered that willingness to let go as they apply to Overeaters Anonymous. So it's, it's really subjective. I really have to think hard about what does it mean for me in this program? That's a good question, and I, I ask myself that every day sometimes because technically I've worked all the steps in the other program, but most of it, you know, except for maybe my fourth and fifth step when a lot of the stuff applied to both programs, most of it just doesn't, you know, doesn't transfer. So I've got to do it again here. Tom has asked asking am I sponsoring an OA if not why not Why? Are you, what are you waiting for etc um, and my answer to Tom is uh, you know, the answer is no I'm not sponsoring anybody currently um, you know what am I waiting for I think the same thing that happened when I was in AA is I didn't I always thought you know I don't have enough to give it away yet you know even though I have followed my abstinence for a year you know even though I don't do that behavior anymore. There's a part of me that's like, well, yeah, but you're still so angry about this stuff and you haven't let all of it go. No, I haven't, you know? So there's a part of me that's always arguing with myself like you're not ready. And, you know, to finish answering your questions, and there's another voice inside me that says, yes, but that's the part that actually gets you over the rest of it, is working with somebody else. So, anyway, uh, that's a good suggestion slash (laughs) question, (laughs) Tom. I was asked, uh, with the two programs, did I have trouble taking it as seriously? Like, could I die from this? I did mention that I had what I thought might have been a medical event shortly before I stopped you know, that behavior and became abstinent. So I guess at some level I thought, wow, I could really hurt myself. Um, but did I think it was going to happen to me? Oh, no. But I thought that about alcohol as well. Um, But your question is a good one. And, yeah, I still do wrestle with that. I still wrestle with, well, but alcohol, I could be killed drunk driving any night. Whereas if I overeat, you know, I might pass out, you know. And there is a part of me that argues about that. Um, And the way, you know, for me, all I can do is, is talk about the truth for myself. Is as far as an immediate, you know, immediate consequences of life and death, yeah, I, I, I have a hard time placing them on equal on equal ground. But when it comes to my my, my, my peace of mind and my serenity and uh, my ability to connect with God, my ability to be useful to anybody, they're totally equal. You know, both programs are totally equal. You know, like I mentioned about my roommate. You know, if I'm engaging in that behavior. stay away from me. You know, I'm I'm really not a nice person to be around, so that's a a great question now. You guys got me thinking a lot. Okay. um, I've been asked if any of the literature in OA has resonated with me, uh, and if so, what is that? I do, you know, I like stories. When um, When I came into OA and the first meeting I went to, they were just talking about the steps. I mean, I'm kind of, (laughs) <laughs> I'm kind of impatient, and like my reaction was immediately. I'll oh, stop talking about the steps. I want to hear a story. I want to hear what somebody's experience is, because that's what I'm going to relate to. I'm not going to relate to these steps that you're doing, you know. Never, and this brings up the other issue of working the other, working the other program uh, at the same time. Thinking, well, I've done the steps. I just want to hear the stories. <laughs> so I really did want to hear the stories. So I went out of my way to find that little brown Overeaters Anonymous book that's got the stories in it. And that helped. Um, you know, it was it was one of those where I'm looking for my find. Let me find my story. You know, and if it wasn't mine, no, I don't want to read that one. My story, my story. And of course, I didn't find my story, but I found some that were similar. Um, but uh, so so far, that's where I'm at. You know. Uh, <laughs> uh, plus, we work through the you know we work through that little book in our step meetings every week. But mostly, that brown book's got some good stories in it. And I like that. And what I hear here too. That's not literature, but it's. Well, podcast, is that considered literature? Okay. okay. Um, I know that most addicts suffer from self-obsession. Can you talk about how you deal with that self-obsession? Oh, I don't deal with it very well. I still think about myself all the time. Oh, my God. I was joking. I, <laughs> I joke with, uh, I sponsor a bunch of guys in the other program, and I was joking with my guys because uh, Tuesday I don't go to a meet. And they say, well, why don't you go to a meeting on Tuesday? And I go, and Wednesday is our really big meeting. So I go, because Tuesday I sit at home and think about myself. And <laughs> so by the time Wednesday comes around, I'm really ready for it. But, uh, yeah, you know, that's a battle for me. If I have a day where I think about myself maybe 85% of the time, that's a pretty good day. It's <laughs> totally serious, you know. It's just the way... You know, because it used to be about ninety nine percent of the time. You know, I actually really make an effort to think about others these days, um, and uh, it's a whole lot better than it used to be. But it's still there. You know, that's that's you know, I am still a selfish person at heart, and uh, you know, without God's help, I'm I'm still at ninety nine percent every single day. The question is uh, talking about staying in the present moment and the. Uh, the importance of being of service, so I guess I'll address that two different ways. I'm really impatient, so I'm not very good at staying in the present moment, unless that's what you mean. I'm still, that's one of my biggest character defects. I am not very good at staying in the present moment. I want to get where I want to get, like, immediately. So I'm not probably a great person to answer that question. That's one of the I don't knows that I promised you that there was going to be there. still not very good at it. Um, The importance of being being of service... um, you know, I, I am glad that I have a sponsor that said, no, if you, I want you to be going to two of these meetings a week, and I want you to take commitments to these meetings. I don't have a choice. You know, if I want this guy to sponsor me, I have to do what he asks me to do. I am glad that I have a sponsor that understands how important that is. Because left to my own devices, I wouldn't do it. You know, being of service, I got to meet you. I got to meet all these other folks in this meeting just from shaking hands at the beginning of the meeting for the last six months, and it looks like for the next six months as well, um, which is cool. Hey, that's, that's the way I can get to know other people. But uh, I will tell you on a more generic level, in the other program, my, my my life was really, really awful, even with close to 10 years of sobriety in the other program before I started getting involved with service, and everything changed when, that, when I did that. So... That's, for me that was really important to be of service.